Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to the new season of my podcast, Mud Her. I have loved this opportunity to explore womanhood, to be with all of you through incredible interviews, sharing my personal experience. Uh, thank you for such raving positive feedback that has buoyed me to keep going uh, because I'm super excited for what's to come. And as this show continues to grow, we're going to continue exploring not only how to mother ourselves, but how to be our best selves. And it's on this journey and with all of you that I get to explore that. And I could not be more excited, uh, more honored, more blessed to kick off this new season with a live coaching session with Kelly Tennant. And when she raised her hand to do this, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, some big pressure here to, you know, cause I obviously in any coaching session, I want to deliver, you know, high quality service and really provide, you know, what the person needs or in, intends for themselves. And I decided to just jump right in with Kelly and boy, did she jump right back in and she brought her full raw self. So vulnerable and courageous. And I think uh, we both went on a journey of self-exploration, uh, the openness that it takes to really, the rawness it is to really explore our relationships with our family members, you know, with our past relationships, good, bad, and ugly with our mothers, and to really see what can that bring to the table for us? You know, what, what does going into painful territory, beautiful territory from our histories, um, what does it open up for us? You know, what is what is it that sometimes we need to let go of, take responsibility for, and really fully feel everything there is to feel about wounds and mistaken beliefs that we have accumulated over the years and that have really wired in and maybe getting in our way of having and manifesting our full self. Um, even if we're accomplishing uh, big things in our life, there, we may have that feeling or that sense that something is missing. And I know that there's more and there's pieces of myself I need to collect along the way. And this is something 
that Kelly fully revealed herself and opened herself up to explore. So as you listen, uh, again, I ask that, you know, you be there fully for yourself and notice what Kelly's journey reflects for you. You know, what feelings do you have about it? How can you relate? How can you bring this into your own work as you grow and develop into your best self? So without further ado, here we go. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and volunteering, stepping up. Uh, It's super vulnerable to have a coaching session in general, you know, when you're alone in a room with nobody else listening. So I know this is a big deal and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. I just admire you and the work that you do and having you on my show. I just, I love talking to you and picking your brain. So I felt like this would be such a beautiful way to connect and show people what it's like to work with you because I know that I know so many women you've worked with who have had groundbreaking transformational experiences and you hold such a beautiful container for people and for women specifically. And I love that about you. So I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'll take that in because right? <laughs> this whole journey is co-voyaging. So yes. I get to work on uh, allowing that those beautiful words to sink right in. Yes. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, a couple things I want to say kind of as we get started is you know, underline a couple parameters or ways to kind of think about how we're going to be in the session, right? So your responsibility is to bring yourself as genuinely, vulnerably, and honestly with whatever's on your heart or your mind, you know, and my responsibility is to not tell you the answers or act like I'm so much the expert. I might like say educational things, you know, every now and then, but really I feel like my job is to support your emergence, right? You, I firmly believe that we have all the wisdom we need inside ourselves, right? Like it's, but it's a job to get that and to really honor that and understand that we are so powerful in us. So I hope to be a guide that allows, you know, what's here for us today to emerge for you. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. All right, good. So the first question I'm going to ask you just to open up a space and, and have us be together and what's on your heart is if you had a magic wand and could get anything out of our time together um, during this session, what would it be? It's a beautiful question. You know, I think that for me, I have been really having more awarenesses around my relationship with my mom. Um, mm-hmm. And she passed away for your listeners. She passed away last year. And um, so ever since she got sick mm-hmm. and then she died, it's been a lot of excavating what that means, what our relationship was for 32 years Um, and understanding our relationship now that she's gone and also creating my own identity because I feel like so much of my identity was wrapped up in her and what she wanted. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I am now is I'm, I'm getting a lot more clarity around it, but I haven't truly sat with someone and talked through those impacts and how that has impacted female relationships and just relationships in general and achievement and all of the different things that it kind of has physically manifested in my life. Um, So that's kind of where I am. I would love to dive deeper into that and to just gain some more clarity or maybe have some aha moments that I'm, I'm not able to facilitate for myself because I'm in it. Yes, exactly. Like we're, (laughs) we're, we're in, we're so in the sea that we swim in, right. We don't always know. And that's, I I love that um, yearning for you. And I, I feel like it's it, what I'm hearing is this yearning for you to find yourself outside that relationship you know, in theoretical terms, we call it individuating and differentiating from, you know, our primary caregivers, family of origin kind of thing. So from that, there's just so many beautiful things about what that process is and what it gets you, you know, so the, the yearning is more like the sense of self and discovery, you know, of who I am and who will I be, you know, yes, you're physically without mom and, you know, my condolences, cause that's still very fresh and raw, just, you know, over a year, there's a physical obvious separation there, but our emotional ties and all that lives in you as you, as you named is ever present, mm-hmm. right? So the more we can bring that out and in the open into the surface. So this question popped in my mind. I'm not going to overthink it. Cause I was already like, is this too much to start out with? Whatever. So, um, <laughs> what if you were now sitting across, and and looking at me and your mom was sitting here, what would you want to say to her? Oh, Gertrude, get me deep starting. Oh, okay. (laughs) Should have known you were going to say something like that. (sighs) I can already feel myself crying. Okay. Mm. (sighs) Yeah. 
I think that what comes forward for me is that I just want to say that I'm sorry because I feel like I was really hard on her because I didn't understand her. And I think it was vice versa as well. I think she was hard on me and also manipulative in ways because she didn't understand me. And so now that she's gone, I really am starting to get it. And what I would want to say to her is that I'm sorry that I was hard on you and judgmental and didn't show you the grace and the compassion that you deserved. And I get it now. I get it. And I understand. And that I love you so much and thank you for everything you did for me. Yeah, just let those feelings come up, Kelly. It's really, it's very, very deep. Yeah. And you kind of did it naturally. Like as you started out kind of talking what I would say to her, but it started to shift toward the end as if you were talking to her. So if you don't mind, or if, if, if you're willing, are you willing to go like a next step and either say those same things or more that's, that's there? Cause you said some really beautiful things. And I think if you can give it even more detail, kind of like paint some pictures and some visions of what you what you would be saying. Yeah. It's funny too. I, I have a very, um, spiritual connection with her now where I feel her present so much. And it it was like, as soon as I started talking, I, I always feel her and hear her on my right side. And I felt her just like drop in and like just standing here, Mm -hmm. which was really beautiful. Um, so she's here Yeah, and you can, you know, that, and you can feel it and sense it. So picture her however you want that to be. And, and what more do you want to say? Mom, I just want to thank you for doing your best and trying to create a life for me that you didn't have and giving me opportunities and for showing up and being there. And even when you had no idea what you were doing, still trying (laughs) to figure it out. And thank you for loving me and supporting me in moments when you had no idea what I was doing and didn't understand it. And thank you for being patient with me while I tried to figure myself out. And I'm sorry for not showing you the compassion and the grace that I know that you deserved. Mm. And thank you also for understanding that I didn't have the tools and resources at the time to be able to do that. And I do now. And thank you for showing up for me, the ethereal, (laughs) being such an incredible guide and helping me mend our relationship so that I can more fully express myself and really become who I know I'm meant to be and be the partner and the mom and the leader and the Mm. business owner that I always wanted to be and that I feel you so present and so strongly in every moment. And I know that you're here with me and loving me and supporting me even more than before, which is such a gift. So why don't you just, yeah, breathe and take that in Kelly. That was a big journey. You just went on with your mom and allow those words to just permeate you and feel the, the realness of them and the poignancy. It's really beautiful. It's such, um, it's such relief and like a release of guilt Mm -hmm. so much of when she was dying, like the last couple weeks, she was really just on morphine and not really there and didn't make a lot of sense. And, um, there was a lot of anger and I felt like once she got to that point, I didn't get to say the things I wanted to say. I didn't have like that closing conversation that I think almost everyone kind of wants (laughs) with someone that you love. And I never got that. And so I felt like I felt kind of abandoned because she didn't say anything to me either. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a lot of guilt and resentment within myself for not stepping up to say these things. Mm -hmm. And so I carry that with me. And I've tried to do this in different ways on my own of just like acknowledging her. But to actually say Mm -hmm. all those things like that, I just feel, oh, my God, like I can breathe. (laughs) Uh. I'm really moved as you're saying that it's, and I can see, I get 
they, I get to see you, you know, not everyone will, but I get to see it so beautifully present on your face and your tears. And it's, you know, that you feel a space and that's, you know, is the beauty of something we're afraid of, but once we step up and do it, you are exemplifying the power that's there. Mm-hmm. I can wholly and totally feel it on my end. Thank you. So I had another thought if you're open to it. Yes. And you can say no to anything like I either, <laughs> any question I ask or anything, you know, you don't, if always, if something feels like, yeah, it might be a little too much. Um, that's totally fine because we always have that choice. Before I have you, you know, say more about her or anything, are you okay if I say some words as your as if mom? Oh, yes. Oh, my. Oh, okay. And I know there's more I probably could say if I, I got some more data, but I'm, we'll start with just off the top of my head. And some of it may resonate, some of it may not, but, you know, just for you to hold, because I, I don't think anything I'm going to say would be bad for you to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true no matter what. Yes. <laughs> All right. So Kelly, I am so sorry that we didn't have the chance to have our verbal goodbye. And there's so much I wish I had said and wanted to say in those moments and, you know, all through your upbringing, anywhere where I didn't express or held back just how immensely proud I am of you. And I didn't always know how to express that or how to be with that and your energy and your aliveness. And there are ways I don't really like how I backed you away or backed you off. But I want you to know now that you are just, you are, have always been, and we're such an incredible little girl, your ability to engage with life and bring forth, you know, so much uh, joy and but all the feelings, you know, and, and the way you expressed yourself, the way you took care of things and handled things and the way you took on your, you know, your life as you got older and sports and volleyball and so many, so many ways you accomplished. And I don't know that you'll ever know just how deeply proud I am of you for those, but that more than that, even if you had accomplished nothing, you were still just so perfect and so beautiful. I know it's, this is just the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more and I, I want to keep this dialogue going, but it's a start. Yeah. You're supposed to tell me not to wear mascara before coming on your show, Gertrude. <laughs> well, believe it or not, it's really beautiful when your mascara runs down your face and you can just let those tears, you know, we've, there's so many little ways that we try and like hold back our, our full feelings and your tears are beautiful. Your pain is beautiful. Thank you. You know, when you said at the end there that if I had done nothing, whatever you said, something, the way I, ex- the way I experienced whatever it is you just said was I didn't have to do anything to be enough. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things that I've always felt when my mom was alive was that I had to do everything and then some to be enough and to be loved. And I had such a fear of disappointing my parents and I feel like everything I've done, including, I mean, you're a client at Soulfire, including starting yeah. my media company. So much of the intention behind that was to prove to my mom that I could run a super successful company because I felt like after I left television, which was my career for 15 years and working in sport, which was her dream. It was mm. her dream. And when I left that and I started talking about sex and spirituality and saging and <laughs> all the things, it just felt like there was such a disconnect. Mm. And so I felt like part of starting the company was to prove to her, like, I'm still valuable. I'm still awesome. I can do big things and look at me achieving this so quickly. And I'm a boss and, you know, I'm special. I'm still lovable. And I realized that just so much of my life of achievement and competing and trying to be the best was so that I would make sure that she would still love me and that I wouldn't lose that. And wow, that's I, a huge recognition realization, Kelly, but keep going. Yeah. This is- yeah. I was just going to say, just, I have realized that I don't need to, but hearing that come from you just out loud it, again, it just felt like a relief. It was like, oh, right. Like, I don't have to do these things. I don't have to 
be a certain way or achieve this or get this gold star in order for you to love me. You love me. You love me unconditionally. You love me just as I am. And I feel that now, but I still, I'm still a person with an ego and a life experience and like trauma. So I'm still like human processing this thing while having this whole spiritual separate experience. And so it's really, yeah, it just like felt really good to hear you say that. Good. Well, it was beautiful to watch you receive it. And I'm glad to open that space for you and, and have that. So now what if, so if, if I don't need mom's approval and I can let go, I, I can start to let go of that as kind of my meaning, you know, it's some of where my meaning came from, like, well, and I'm going to prove it to her and, and show her and get my worth from there. Where will it come from? Yeah. Million dollar question. I think that that's kind of where I am now. I was just telling my boyfriend, Connor, I just walked up to him like 20 minutes before we started recording. I said, I'm having thoughts about having children because we're in the middle of our fertility testing for IVF right now. Mm. He goes, okay. I said, what if we wait? Mm. And he's like, all right. And I said, I just feel like I am just now scratching the surface of myself. Mm. And I am just now doing what you just asked me is redefining who I am and not even defining it, but like allowing it to emerge in whatever that looks like and in our relationship and I'm bisexual. And so my attraction to women and what that means for me and what that opens up for me to explore and be curious about and what marriage and having children means. And Mm -hmm. I've wanted kids for so long and I, I can't wait to be a mom, but I feel like part of me was and I'm thinking this and verbalizing this for the first time, but it's like, I think part of me was almost pushing that or Mm -hmm. leaning into it more because I thought it would fill me in some way or fulfill something or fix something. And now I'm realizing that I don't need that to fix me. And so I'm like, Oh, I can wait. Like, it's fine. I don't need a child to fix my, my like mother relationship because I'm healing myself and healing that relationship. And so I don't need this other entity to come in and be the fixer. It's like, Oh, it'll just happen when it's meant to happen. And I'll be in a healthy place to allow for that. And I think that, like I said before, I'm scratching the surface of who I get to be and who I'm becoming. And I want to, I want to lean into that. I want to know what's there. Well, First of all, hallelujah, amen. (laughs) And, you know, what you're saying is, you know, I want to name it as radical. And, you know, I think what so many women feel a lot of times deep down, but don't let themselves fully manifest it and speak into it the way that you are. So it's, it's really big to allow that and open up that space because what was coming up for me as through all of what you were just sharing was, Yes. Like you're birthing yourself right now, Yeah, you know, you in that process and you know, that's an ongoing process. You know, we're never, you know, we're, we're always birthing ourselves and emerging. So I'm not saying that's done, but as you said, I just feel like I'm beginning to scratch the surface. And sometimes we, we think, or we've been programmed to think like, oh, well, these urges and this maternal instinct or that like must mean I need to bring a baby into the world. Well, it might, but it, it could. And I think often, is mistaken for what you're, what you're articulating, you know, and what you're stepping into. It's so keep going. Yeah, no, I, 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 that all resonates so deeply with me. I do feel like I went through a rebirth and I, I lost my relationship with my dad at the end of last year as well. And it felt like this, um, like being unchained from a lot of things that weren't mine. Mm -hmm. And so then I could finally have the space for myself to ask the questions and really reevaluate why I operate the way I do and why I make certain decisions and who I'm trying to live up to and what I actually want. And I think that, you know, I've been such a people pleaser and perfectionist my whole life. And I always joke like I'm in recovery um, because I really am more conscious (laughs) and aware around it. But it's like, okay, if I'm not people pleasing and if I'm not trying to be this unrealistic expectation of perfect and I'm no longer chained to these old ideals and patterns and belief systems, then who do I get to be? And I I don't know that I know the answer to that yet, but what I feel is so much freer Mm -hmm. and I feel 
more grounded and connected and where I can hear myself for the first time. And so I think what, to answer your question in a weird way, it kind of feels like it's allowing me to just make more conscious decisions and choosing myself. And then whatever that leads to is where I'm heading. I don't know if that makes sense. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024, and I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Does it make sense to you? Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it absolutely does. And uh, it's, I, I think it's actually incredibly well articulated, you know, not sometimes our words don't even like fully match, but it's, I don't know. I get it. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> so. like if I could give, I really like visual represent representations yeah. to things. Cause that helps me like digest, digest them. But almost like I have been walking this path for a long time and it, there were no other, there was no veering, right. There was no stop signs. There was no like yield signs. And now I'm walking down this path and there's lots of different signs heading to a million different places. Mm -hmm. And I am in choice with them and I get to feel into, okay, do I want to go right? Do I want to go left? Do I want to stay here? What what's down there? Oh, cool. The unknown. Let's see what that means. Um, so that's what it feels like in my body where I just have a million choices that I didn't have before. And I did, but I just didn't realize and I didn't have access mm -hmm. to that part of myself who could be in choice that way. So yeah, that's how I see it no, in my I, head. I, I love that visual. And maybe that's something you can do is draw or sketch, you know, into that and let your creative kind of out of our words um, do that for yourself. Mm. We'll, we'll put that as one of your assignments. I love you know, that. After, yeah. Uh, after this, after our session. Mm -hmm. um, for now, like, because what, what I'm hearing and I want to, you know, put a container around or, you know, another way to express it is I'm hearing a vision for yourself. I'm hearing you articulating a vision for Kelly uh, to live into. 
And without getting, you know, too concrete about it, uh, do you hear that? Like, do you have a sense of what I mean when I say this is you're articulating a vision for yourself? I, I know what I feel when you say that. I can yeah. I can feel that. Um, but if you want to elaborate at all. Well, actually, I'd first rather hear what you feel. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll just add to it. Yeah. I mean, I think that I had a vision for myself, but it wasn't a vision for myself. I had, I held everyone else's visions for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have been the best at everything I've ever done. Top this front magazine cover of that, all the things. And like, then one day I was 27 ish and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, who the fuck are you? Like, who is this person? How did you get here? I do not recognize you. And so that's what it felt like holding everyone else's vision. And so now as I create my own and hold my own, it just feels, it feels like every day coming back to my core values and being in alignment and integrity with that, because Again, it goes back to the choices of choosing for myself, not choosing for other people, but thinking I'm choosing for myself. Mm-hmm. And it feels much bigger and bolder and louder. I really got quiet because I wanted people to like me and I wanted to them approve of me and I wanted to fit in and do what they wanted and not disappoint them. And so I got really quiet and I just did what I was supposed to do and followed the rules and all of that. Mm-hmm. And now... I'm I'm about to start writing a book and I have this incredible company that is going crazy bananas blowing up and my show is doing so well and I am creating all these programs that are taking off. My relationship has never been better. Um, we're looking at buying land and having property out in the mountains and just, you know, being off the grid, which is the dreamiest dream of all time. And so I just feel like when I think about creating the vision for myself, it's so much bigger and louder and grander than I ever allowed it to be. Because again, it goes back to that freedom. I feel free to feel. I feel free to dream. I feel free to be loud and bold and take up space and not tethered to these constant reminders that feel like I call the voice is like the voice tells me I'm disgusting or I'm bad or I'm gross Mm. or I'm not allowed or you know all those things and it just is on repeat and I feel like that's getting more and more faint and I'm hearing myself bigger and louder and so the vision just keeps expanding it's like oh fuck yeah I could do that like totally let's go before it was like nope don't do that and so it just feels like it just feels very expansive yeah I that's what I'm totally picturing as you're articulating it is anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And my life in, in my, in my life, the sky's the limit. Anything's possible. I can do anything. I put my mind and heart to, and it's all, it's all me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, something that you, and it was something that came up when I was talking to you as, as your mom is I did picture this just very energetic, you know, I can conquer the world. Uh, anything's possible, little girl. And you mentioned her and then you mentioned that, oh, but then I started worrying about what people thought and I got quiet. So how, at what age would you say that shifted? 10. 10. Oh, you're very clear on that. Yes. Can you say more about it? Yeah. I actually had this revelation when I was working out the other day tied Uh to this because when I was 10, I started playing volleyball. And I had been a dancer and a swimmer and Mm. my parents made me choose because we were volleyball tournament, swim meet, dance for sight. Like we were just all over the map, you know, and you got a 10 year old who's trying to do all these things. Um, It's a lot. So I understand. I'm not saying they did the wrong thing. They like, what are you going to do? We only have so many hours in a day. Um, But at that time, a lot shifted for me. So it was like, I had to choose. I was an amazing volleyball player and was already being recruited at that age. It was crazy. And everyone was telling me, you're so amazing. Oh my God, the sky's the limit. Full ride scholarship. I was already six feet tall. So it was just unbelievable. And so, and I was getting a lot of attention and accolades for it. And that's all I ever wanted, right? Is make my parents proud, do the thing. So I chose volleyball and dance went away. Mm. And then I wasn't allowed to do anything fun anymore because I couldn't get hurt because of volleyball. So all of the fun things that I did, like 
playing street hockey with all the kids, riding my bike in the dirt, in the mountains, falling over. I mean, I had scrapes and bruises and all the things that ended. And then it was, I became careful. And that's the revelation Mm -hmm. I had working out the other day. I was like, oh, wow, I'm scared to stand on a foot tall box. I'm six one and like a division one athlete. I'm scared to step on a a foot high box because I'm so scared to get hurt. And that's how I lived my whole Uh life for so long is this idea of being careful. Oh, don't do that. That's dangerous. Oh, don't do that. That's scary. That's unknown. And I've been like tiptoeing around life ever since that happened. And at that time I started to excel massively. I was also a great student and president of student body and all those things were happening at once. And so kids started to be like, you're annoying. <laughs> we don't want to be friends with you. Wow. And like I, you were too much now. It was like, I'm too, too much. much. Yes. And oh, wow. I was better than a lot of the girls who were older than me at volleyball. And For sure. so then that caused a lot of strife. And so I became suicidal by age 12. So oh. I feel like from age 10 to 12 is when everything shut down. And it was weird because, and I'm just thinking of this now, it was like everything started to grow and everything shut down at the same time. Like I started to really excel and then Mm -hmm. I just completely closed off. And then, well, what I, what I'm hearing is a lack of, uh, support. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to be your mom again and say, I'm so sorry. I didn't support you more in those years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Cause it was totally possible for you to like have all that and have your dreams and, you know, fuck getting hurt. Right. Like, so you might get hurt you got to live your life and, you know, not to put those bars and parameters around your aliveness, you know, and, and your engagement and growing up before your years, like all these, you know, all these things that I then didn't get to be a 11 year old, right? Like what, like, normal 11 year old. So this might be a time to go back, you know, uh, a lot of the work we do at the right foundation and some of our programs is go back to those all different ages, you know, through our upbringing and live as if, you know, in there again. And, you know, I like to say that it's never too late to have a happy childhood, yes. um, you know, and cause there's one thing to like know it. And this, this revelation that you're having is huge. So now what can I, what can I do to go back and shift that and have some of what I didn't have before. And I think you're perfectly poised to do that with what you, what you have in front of you and to notice like, where might I limit myself in this just immense success? That's like right at my doorstep. It's already there. I'm already, you're already experiencing it, but what, what are some of those old messages and mistaken beliefs that might come in to squash any of it? Cause we don't want that. Yeah. And I love that you say that because I just had this feeling of what I'm trying, what I am creating for myself right now is this idea of running a company and being a leader while also having so much fun doing it Mm -hmm. and not getting so caught up in the minutia and the day-to-day drama of, you know, clients and paperwork and whatever, and just having fun. And that's part of why I feel like I chose Connor is because he... (laughs) will come interrupt me with some dumb TikTok video in the middle of me (laughs) writing client contracts or like putting something together. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. Thank you. Because it just, it reminds me, oh, right. We're having fun too. Like we can do both. We can have both and that's okay. And that's awesome. It doesn't have to be, I only focus and I only, you know, create and lead and do. And so that means all the fun goes by the wayside. It means oh, I created and did and all of that. And I get to play too. And I get to have fun and I get to bring that out of myself. Um, We hunt. And so this afternoon, I just, I closed my calendar off. I'm like, it's Friday. I am tired of working all day, every day doing this thing. Let's go and shoot guns and take the dogs out into the mountains and go have family adventure time. And that feels so good to me. Um, And I, I would never allow myself to do that because I felt like, well, if I'm not doing something or working, then I'm missing out. Who am I? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I will fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what if we add, I love this Kelly, because the integrating of work into play and play being work and, you know, everything from the allowing interruptions and no, you know, noticing, but then saying yes, beautiful. And, you know, invite way more of that 
So a couple of things to expand on it. Like what if like writing that contract was fun? Mm-hmm. Like how do I have fun doing those, some of those mundane things? And you know, eventually I'm totally fine for you to offload any of the things you don't like to do. Yes. <laughs> um, you don't have to do them, but in the meantime, like wh- how, you know, what could be fun about that? And who knows, like that could just be a mental state. It could be, you know, a lot of things and we could talk about that. Um, but then are you ready for this? Yes. This, this, you're, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> What if making mistakes and failing was fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cute, Gertrude. You're cute. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So we um, we have been having a ton of issues with invoicing. So mm. new business problems. Everyone takes a fee. We're trying not to screw our clients over. We're trying not to get screwed up. It's just like all these things that you just don't think about when you start a company and you're like, oh, I'm paying $1,000 a month in fees just to get paid. Okay, so Brian of Simply B, just his amazing mm. husband, Mr. Finance, comes in and says, I want to help you fix this. And it has been over a month long of us trying this. Every system we've used has failed. We have been upsetting clients. It's been this whole thing. I had a full on meltdown the other day. I'm just sobbing, calling the bookkeeper like, I don't know what to do. Anyways, go through this whole thing. Not fun. And then I come out of it and I'm like, that was amazing. I just learned so much. Yes, I love it. That was rad. And then I just had perspective because I, what feels like it's so hard and painful and scary when you're in it. When you have perspective after, it's never as bad as we thought it was. Mm-mm. And I realized that I was repatterning as well because my fears of disappointing people or upsetting people, and that means clients now for me, not parents, is something I get to let go of. And I don't have to keep apologizing for things or think that I'm supposed to be perfect or think I'm supposed to have this all figured out. I've been doing this for a year. I'm going to be learning for as long as I run this company, you know? And so I just, I had that perspective and I was like, fuck it, like, let it go. I'm having fun now. Like this doesn't need to be such a big deal. And so I'm glad you bring that forward. I did not have fun during, no, that did not happen, No, but I found it later. Is that possible? Probably. I believe anything's possible, but we don't, you know, that's yeah. a stretch. And uh-huh. like, but to think like I might get there and that could be in your vision, mm-hmm. right? That every, you know, problems and issues are just as fun and rewarding as the, you know, quote unquote success or the, you know, what are deemed the happy parts yes. right? that it's because it's all, all the feelings that you're experiencing and the emotions and all of it have value and they're all beautiful. You know, the pain, the fear, like, oh my God, what if I lose every client? I'm sure you went through every emotion, Oh yeah, you know, fully. So giving yourself permission to ride those waves as fully as possible is play, right? Yes. Play isn't just that, like, I don't know, hitting the tennis racket, whatever, you know, like the, 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 the shooting guns, although that is play, right. But so is play is living life fully. Mm -hmm. Right. And which to me equates a lot to feeling our emotions fully, which is something we all have a lot of more practice, uh, need a lot more practice in. Yes. You know, it's funny as you're talking about that, it reminded me. So, um, I work with mushrooms and microdose Mm -hmm. and that has really opened up my play. It has really allowed Mm -hmm. me to see like the little girl within me and asking her, okay, what do you want to do? And we just dance. We have a dance party. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping up and down. I'm shaking my head. My hair's all crazy and matted. I'm sweating. I'm like so happy. And I had, um, a day by myself, uh, a couple of weeks ago and I come out of like I, what I create as a ceremony for myself and I end mm. up cleaning the whole house afterwards blaring music Connor was gone the dogs were gone and I had the best day I cleaned the whole house it was like three hours I was scrubbing floors I was dusting all the things nobody wants to do and I was so happy and I thought what is this and I realized it's because I let myself drown in trying to be perfect and I was taught this by my parents. The house always has to be clean. You have to go to bed. All the dishes must be done. The floors must be mopped. Like you have to have everything put away. And it was just this like constant thing that we had to do. It was really restricting. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, 
oh, I'm just drowning in this thing that doesn't need to be mine. And I can actually have fun making the house look nice and putting things away. Mm. And if it doesn't get put away, and I mean, Connor and I have been so busy this week, we've had piles of clothes all over the house. The floor is covered in dog hair and, you know, paperwork everywhere. And I just... I cleaned a little bit yesterday, but I got to the point where I thought this house is so well lived in and there is so much fun and joy being created here. I don't need Mm -hmm. to be a slave to cleaning. And when I do clean, it gets to be a fun thing. And I take some time out of the day and I like enjoy it and I dance while I do it. And then that's it. It doesn't have to be this uh, shameful thing that I'm trying to live up to. It gets to be fun and playful. And that was such a shift for me. Well, this, that's so beautiful, Kelly. What I want to underline is, you know, seeing these places where you are creating you and how, you know, and it's, it, it's not reactive. Um, Cause oftentimes we'll be like, well, I'm going to just not do it how my mom and da- dad did. And the house will just be a mess or whatever, you know? Um, but you entered into it and created the experience for totally for yourself, you know, and now you can see like, oh, I did that there. I can do that everywhere. Right. So with your initial, like how, you know, revisiting, we want to keep revisiting, like what you were initially came on wanting. Are you starting to see the, all of these Mm -hmm. places where, Oh, I'm already doing it. How do I build on that? Not. And I, I am taking some really big steps along the way here to finding myself and the joy, uniqueness and emergence of you happened in that cleaning of the house. Yeah. And it's funny too, as you say that, because you just, not you, but I'm, we don't really realize Mm -hmm. how connected everything is. And I don't think about certain things connecting me to patterns or relationship with my mom or things I learned as a kid. And in reality, it really is all so connected And Mm -hmm. so it's it's those moments when you are healing things and you don't even realize it just by choosing Mm -hmm. yourself, just by creating something that feels good or right for you. And it is letting go of that and it is healing that. And that feels really good to kind of see that pattern in everything that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something um, and we can decide because this is a different level of of vulnerability, but I would want you to do along the way. You can see if you want to like do any of it while we're together is, you know, um, we want to get everything out on the table, the good, the bad, and the ugly in our relationships with our parents, right? And with our families. And I know you've been doing a lot of work, Mm -hmm. but I want to underline the part where, I mean, for me, a big breaking a huge role was to talk about anything negative about my family, right? And, and the resentments I had or where I was, I, I, you know, snuffed out my anger or, you know, I was very much like, do what my mom tells me to do and please her and and all of that. And definitely getting angry wasn't one of them, but just to also to name, not in a blamey way, but just a clear, like straight way. Like, yeah, I resented that our, we had to have our house so buttoned up and you know, to what end, like, what was the point or where, you know, they were, you were so over strict with me or where you lived through my accomplishments and F you mom for, you know, because, because you didn't get your volleyball career or however that played out, you know, that, that, wasn't mine to do for you and things along those lines. And I don't know to what extent you have, but the more we bring those to the surface, we can, as you're saying, recognize them in the patterns in our life. You know, it's the main reason to do that. Yeah. I've done it a little bit mostly. So I didn't realize until after my mom died, when I was in therapy, um, that my mom was a narcissist. I had no idea my whole life. And I was telling my therapist all these things. And she said, Kelly, you know, because your mom was a narcissist, da, 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 and I said, hold up, let's go back here. Can we please talk about this? And she explained to me all of the like personalities that a narcissist has. You know when your whole life flashes before your eyes? Mm-hmm. That's where I was. And I started to see all of the ways that I had been manipulated for her benefit or quote unquote benefit. Mm-hmm. And I got really angry. Great. And just started talking about all the things that were coming up. And so to your point, the things that I, I don't know that I still hold like a lot of resentment for, but the things that are sometimes heavy with me are, I felt kept or held back from having really quality relationships because I think she sabotaged a lot of them and told me lies about people and things that they were doing Mm -hmm. to me in Mm -hmm. order for us to stay close. 
mm. because she wanted, Ouch. yeah, she wanted my whole world to revolve around her. Yeah. And we were best friends and I didn't really have a lot of good female friendships. And anytime I did, it felt like they were just gone. And the other thing that I'm kind of reconciling now is so much of my childhood, I only know through what she told me. I don't remember mm. a lot of things. Oh. I only know what she said. And so now I'm trying to come to terms with, well, was that true? Or was that a way she was manipulating me? Um, wow, this is going to be a big part of you of your reclaiming, mm-hmm. Kelly, is, you know, and, and sometimes there's reasons we've blocked out memories or, or whatnot, you know, and we, there are, you know, we want to tag all these things for pathways for your future work, right? That this is something will, an avenue will, I, I really want to support you in diving into and reclaiming some of those memories for you. And, um, you know, whether they come like explicit or visual, I, I, I think you'll get there and it can take some time, but yeah, I, everything that you're saying is, is you've opened up a space, you know, in that. And I love hearing that you let yourself get angry because probably in your upbringing and around that, like that wasn't allowed. Kind of like I said for myself, right? Like that. Yeah. It was like, my parents had a lot of anger issues, specifically my, my mom. She pulled the doors off the hinges one time. She was so angry. I mean, and she wow. was a very strong athletic woman. Yes. Um, but I think that I never let myself experience anger because that scared me. That emotion seemed so terrifying to me. Yeah. And I was definitely the peacekeeper in my house and mm-hmm. my whole life, really. Um and so I did everything I could to not experience anger. I really just started experiencing true anger a couple of years ago. Great. And that's, it's a force that we want, you know, when we've grown up in a situation like that, it just feels dangerous. Right. And it wasn't used responsibly. So then we attribute it as bad, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll just keep that one at bay, but we can't, you know, it's going to leak out and then we become passive aggressive or all sorts of things. Right. Cause it's there, yeah. but, um, I'm loving envisioning, uh, Kelly unleashed, you know, yes. and, and, and we, we want to integrate anger. Right. And there's, you know, a lot of pathways you can take to do that, mm-hmm. right. Safely, so to speak, but, you know, response, res- having responsible connection to our anger is going to fuel you in a whole nother way. And I, I love the thought of you giving that to yourself. Yeah. The more I've explored it and really allowed it to come up, it usually just ends up like I'm very angry and I get very frustrated and then I end up just sobbing and my mm-hmm. whole body almost like convulsing because it just feels like this these layers of emotions of anger and sadness sort of intertwined that have to come out of me and when yeah. they start coming out it is like a full body experience and then i feel so much lighter and so much relief and i think mm. again it's like that thing you are so scared of and then once you meet it you think, oh, well, that wasn't as scary as I thought, or maybe that was scary, but then I, it, it got to come up and come out and I got to release it. And now I'm no longer chained by this thing that I don't have yeah. to be chained by. That's so beautiful. And then, you know, what we want to do when we have those, and we're going to actually do our version of it here in a minute as we wrap up, which is, you know, when I, when I let myself, or I bring myself to those cathartic experiences, the, that full expression, you know, and feeling uh, an emotion till it's complete, right? And then sometimes, you know, that anger is complete and then the pain comes up, right? And, you know, and we make distinctions along the way. Sometimes if we're really uncomfortable with our anger, we'll put our anger out with our tears. You know, sometimes we put the fire out. So, you know, we watch for that and make that. But, you know, you it sounds like you've had some experiences of like feeling it fully and then, you know, this that space opens up. So then for out of that space, what you know, what, what do I want to do with that? Right? Like what's, and you can add that to your vision. So my vision is, you know, I'm now adding this element of this full expression of my emotions to it. Oh, okay, great. So I want to live into that. And what will that look like? And then what are some things I can do to keep that going? Right. And then that's why we like to give assignments. So, cause our brain sometimes will freak out. You do this thing. That's like, amazing. And then our brain's going to do everything I can to bring us back to like, what's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like that was nice, Kelly, we let you do that. And I hope you had fun, but don't think you're going to be doing that all the time. Right. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> our, our brain just wants to keep us safe, but unfortunately that that safety can be limiting. So we'll want to look for ways, you know, in this instance that we're talking about, like, you know, what are ways that, and it might be just saying through the day, things I like and dislike, or, 
you know, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to, you know, have that level of expression five times a day, right. To keep it going. But we want to tell our system, like we mean business, we're shifting this behavior. You know, I, it hasn't been safe to have my anger, but I'm, I'm going to now allow that to be there. So does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It just feels for me, it just feels like um, when I am feeling something, allowing myself to feel it and not pushing it down or dismissing it is really allowing it to come up. What good or bad or however you want to phrase it, it's just whatever is coming up, allow myself to feel it because then that will allow me to be more fully expressed and to not feel like I am keeping myself back or keeping part of myself hidden. Exactly. Perfect. Um, so that being said, and that might be one of the things that, that you, that you do for yourself. So if I would love to have you name some and put into words, some of your takeaways from our time together, like, what do you want to like, you know, kind of hang on to, there's a lot, you know, um, but grab onto for you and don't feel like you have to do it all. And then what do you think, is there something you can do or put into action for yourself that will, you know, help build the muscles of, of what you worked on today? Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things that I would like to implement more is just being in conversation with my mom and healing and speaking Mm -hmm. directly to her. Um, That felt incredibly cathartic and supportive for both of us. Yeah. Um, I also think that sitting further with the idea that I don't have to achieve or do something in order to be loved, and that's not just with her, but with anyone, um, because I see that pop up a lot is that people will only love me if I do this thing for them Mm -hmm. or if I help them or save them. And if I can step back from that, um, and really understand and feel into, I don't have to do or be Mm -hmm. something in order to be loved and really begin to believe that I think would create a huge shift. Um, and I think also just remembering and continuing to ask how I can infuse more play And in Mm -hmm. those moments of feeling like I'm drowning in paperwork or feeling like, you know, the whole world is falling apart because of some dumb thing that's going on, just remembering, okay, like, would it be supportive for me to have a dance party right now and just like work this energy out and remember that the world is not actually ending? I think little Mm -hmm. moments like that would be incredibly supportive and nourishing for me and just give great perspective in those moments. I love that. I love all of them. And I think they're, and uh, you know, there's, you have that kind of accomplishing aspect of you. So I know you will do them, but are you okay if I suggest a couple ways to give it yes. some, some, um, structure mm-hmm. the I'm going, when I'm doing that mundane thing, you know, I'm going to infuse some play in it. So let's pretend we're going to see each other uh, a week from now on Friday, which we can like, you know, we can check in, but we were going to meet again for in next week. So one time between now and next week, you will do, you will have a moment where you've taken, you've caught yourself in the like, uh, you know, or, or you go into a task that you don't like to do. And, and you've thought about like, how can I play with this? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we had the, um, having conversations with mom. Mm-hmm. So again, like I'll have one, you know, one, if I have more great, but we like to give our system like something completely doable. So, you know, and, and even then if we don't, it's like, fine, we'll learn from that. But one time I'm going to, create a space and, and, and have a conversation. And I'm going to maybe say some things I haven't said before, or, um, I'm going to feel my feelings with her, or I'm going to say some of the things I'm angry about. Cause we talked about that aspect too. And, you know, that you, that you keep bringing, you know, more truth, more and more you and truth to it. Yes. And then the, the third one was, what was the third one? Cause there was mom, mom the infusing. Oh, sitting with the belief that I don't have to do something or be something in order to be loved. Yes. Yeah. So what came up for me and, and, and you just noticing that and and being with that and however you want to, you know, hold that up for you. But I had the, I envisioned you inventorying all your non-doing qualities, right? And I'm going to call them non-doing, but they're, they're really making a distinction between masculine and feminine in some ways. Um, Not man, woman, but masculine feminine qualities. So we're in more of the being space and the intangible, you know, what are the, the intangibles that I, that is just me, you know, some of my qualities and you inventory some of those for yourself and let yourself treasure and honor those in whatever way that you wish. I love that. 
I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Good. So do you feel like you have things to, to take into your life and go be with, well, I feel like hugely blessed. And I went on my own journey, you know, with you, which is what is like the biggest blessing of this job is I get to, to work along inside with you. And it was a really beautiful journey. So thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much, Gertrude. I appreciate you. That was, like I said, when I began and now I got to experience it incredibly transformative and just very cathartic. And I just, I needed that conversation and I'm just so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful, and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.